This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning. It is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Robbie. I was going to say, you sure don't sound like Franklin Proctor. No, he's off doing some things today. He's doing some things with the symphony. Yes. Right up his alley, wouldn't you say? Well, you know, Frank, you just never know with him. He's (laughs) He's, always doing something different. He's a pretty versatile guy. Well, that's what I've heard. I think that that's probably (laughs) the best word I could say about him right now. I hope he's listening. Versatile, that's him. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, welcome to the show, Robbie. Thank you. Nice to see you. Should I throw out the uh, phone numbers just in case? Because we'd like to have callers asking you questions. Or sharing tips or or experiences or ideas. Always happy to hear from people. Phone numbers are 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And remember, call early, call often, and only one question per call. Have I got the mantra down? Wow, do you ever? Have you been practicing or I what? I have, all night. That's your smooth delivery from all your on-stage activities. Yeah. So, so your band is busy, eh? You're yeah. just doing all kinds of concerts and We are. We're events. busy, and uh, coming up in the new year, it gets even busier, which is quite unusual, because usually January kind of slows down a bit, but we just got a whole lot of things going on. So anything like in Hawaii or Mexico or well, cruise actually, ships or anything? Well, actually, I had booked uh, a New Year's Eve date here mm. in Toronto, mm. and uh, two weeks after I signed the contract, some people came in and uh, who were friends of friends, and they own a yacht club in Barbados. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, and they <laughs> said, we'd like you and the band to come and play New Year's Eve and bring all your wives and girlfriends in Barbados. Uh, and I said, I can't. <laughs> I'm in a tobacco. let me call my lawyer. Hold <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Can I get out of this contract? Yeah, but we are going to do it. It's just going to be uh, at some later date. Yeah, or, or even you could book for next New Year's, I yes, guess, if you yeah, could. But yeah. who wants to wait that long? If I don't. Get down to the I don't have all that time, Charlie. You I've never got to know. Do right? what I have to do. Grab the moment, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great to hear that you're that busy. I know I have been crazy busy. I've been, you know, Christmas shopping, yes. uh, Christmas baking, uh, Christmas preparations, um, Christmas trees. Do you have your tree up? Well, you know, I've been looking for this mini Kringle tree. (laughs) What's a mini Kringle? Does it make noise, Kringle? No, no. (laughs) It it takes years for them to prune these and grow these properly. They're really called condo trees. Uh And I believe the grower's name is Somerville, and he's out of Mm. the Alliston area. Yeah, yeah, I know the Somerville. And uh, it was a huge article in the Toronto Star about these trees and how perfect they are. And they're just about waist high, and that's it. Um, so when we saw the article, I said to Marilyn, let's, cause we have a fake tree. Oh gosh. You know, I can't and, believe you're saying that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and, um, we, we got that a couple of years ago and this year we thought we, we yeah, wanted a real tree. Real, yeah. Well, I've been looking all over for these mini Kringle trees and they sold out immediately. Oh, I guess the star article made a difference. I even talked to Trees Ontario uh-huh. and the woman there was very nice. She said, I'll see if I can track one down Damn. for you. Not one. You should have called me. I could. I can call the people up at Somerville. You can go pick one up. Could I do that now? 
Well, I can try. I can call them on Monday. I don't know if they'll answer the phone on the weekend. But, uh, okay. yeah, I know the Somerville, they're great people, actually. They have donated plants, evergreens, look beautiful hemlocks, et cetera, to Canada Blooms in the past. Right. So because I do get quite a lot of uh, plants donated by Ontario growers. So it's pretty It's pretty cool. But, yeah, I have my um, freezer fir up, which is what I, I typically put in my house because I love a fir tree. Yeah. It's, uh, it smells great, and it holds its needles really well. Yes, and they are shaped perfectly like Christmas trees should be. Some of them are. This one is no, was not shaped quite so perfectly. I did do some pruning. <laughs> Actually, no, it had this year's growth, right, with all the rain. Yeah. This year's growth was, like, sprouting out the top. It was like it was uh, looked a bit like a missile going off or something so I did some pruning and but my cat has suddenly fallen in love with the tree so yes we're does it actually climb into the tree no it's the lights oh. uh, he's thinking the lights look like a lot of fun I got new LED lights this year I've never used those before in a tree I've always had the little mini lights we had this beautiful white cat years ago who used to climb into the tree mm. and lie on the branches and he was a very light cat so, uh, so he could works. do that yeah. and we'd come home and there he would be lying in our Christmas like, tree like right in the middle of the tree <laughs> I know I have seen pictures of cats doing that but yeah. no my cat's too big and too fat to do that. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay so we probably will need to go to a break. And so we'll do that and then, and then come we'll, back. Yeah, we've got somebody from Guelph Aubrey. waiting. So hang in there and we'll be back with the Garden Show in mere moments. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. We are back on The Garden Show, and Charlie Dobbin is here, and we have some callers. And, of course, we're happy to get callers and questions and tips because uh, this is such a busy time of the year for all of our listeners that it's it's nice that they're able to spend a few minutes and pick up the phone and call you. Well, and keep in mind that we have live plants in our house right now, whether it's Christmas trees or poinsettias. They've got questions usually going on around some of the plant material. Yeah, we oh. do. All right. All right. Who's Audrey that? is calling in from Hamilton. I think Good. it's Aubrey. I'm Unless sorry. it's Audrey, we'll find out. Aubrey, good morning. <laughs> Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey, Aubrey, sorry, I'm my. I should have my glasses on, but <laughs> good I don't. Morning. Aubrey, so today you're Audrey. <laughs> well, for a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. What's going morning. on? Good what? morning to both of you. Good Thank morning. You. Uh, the reason for my call, um, Charlie. I, my mother has these indoor plants, uh, specifically uh, a palm mm-hmm. and uh, one called Moses. Oh, Moses in a cradle, yeah. Right. Now, what I find, beautiful color. Uh, mm. What I'm finding is, is there's these little small black little flies uh. that sort of centralize around the, uh, the potting soil. Yep. In both of the plants. Yep. Um, in the past, she's had um, a plum and bago, and that's happened with that. Mm. Is it the potting soil? Is it the plant? No, you know what it is? Those little black flying insects. They look a lot like a fruit fly. Correct. But they're actually not. They're what's called a fungus gnat. Okay. So, little tiny gnats that fly around, and what they are doing is uh, flying around looking for a good spot to lay eggs. Ah, And they will lay eggs in the potting soil if it's nice and moist. Of course, the eggs will hatch, and what hatches out is little tiny worms or larvae who eat the fungus in the soil. I understand. So... How do you get rid of this insect? It's not a problem in terms of eating the plants or causing any damage, typically, but they are unsightly. And you'll know you've got fungus gnats if you bang the side of the pot and right. a whole cloud of insects will, like, <laughs> whoof, up out of the pot. So, so 
that's that's the giveaway you've got fungus gnats. So two things you can do or you can tell your mom to do. Number one, cut back on the watering. Okay. Water less often, which is not to say don't water thoroughly when it's watering time, but don't keep that soil so moist and you'll find that the amount of fungus will diminish and the population of insects will diminish as well. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is you go to your local garden center or you know, home sort of repair store, and you're looking for a product called Sticky Sticks. Sticky Sticks. Yeah, and the Sticks is spelled S-T-I-X. Okay. And Sticky Sticks is a uh, kind of a cool little trap. It's just uh, little sticks that you're going to stick in the soil, and you're going to put a sticky paper, almost like a fly paper, onto the stick, which is bright yellow, and those little gnats are very attracted to that yellow sticky paper, and they fly right into it and... They're, they're stuck, and they can't lay eggs once that happens. They just die on the paper. And on then the paper. you just toss out the sticks. That's right. So you, And you will find, again, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to eliminate these insects overnight. But it, within two to three weeks, you'll have the population way down. And within six weeks, they'll be, they'll be done. Okay. All right. Uh, da, da, da. Is it, but the difficulty in watering, just real quick, mm-hmm. difficulty, I mean, it's more so the palm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that supposed to, because it's a palm tree, it's supposed to be watered heavily? Well, it depends what kind of palm it is. Okay, there are differences. There are many differences. Uh, And remember in the winter, which, of course, we're living through right now, we've got our shortest days and our longest nights. Plants do respond to these changes in light levels by using less water. Okay. So our impulse is to say, oh, my gosh, I was giving, you know, 12 gallons once a week in June. I better keep doing that in December. You don't need to. You can be doing half the watering you were doing in June in December. So like I said, it's, you don't, you don't want to just give little tiny tablespoon a day. When you do water, you want to water thoroughly, but you want to ensure that the plants truly dry out between waterings. Well, thank you very much, and to both of you, happy holiday. And thank, thank you, you to so you. Much, thank you so much, Aubrey. Take care. You too. You Bye-bye. Too. Hey, That's interesting. I that, didn't know about those gnats. Gnats. Oh, there's always something. Yeah. Well, I learned from you all. The only gnat I knew was Nat King Cole. Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so this is G-N-A-T. Yeah, I got gnat. it. Got it. <laughs> I, I do want to tell you, we do have a special guest coming up oh, in about 10 minutes. Yep. Uh, Kathy Nesbitt is going to join us. Kathy of Kathy's Crawlers. So she, we're going to talk about worms and sprouters and all kinds of cool Is she Christmas bringing worms presents. in with her? No, because we're going to do it over the phone. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, good. Good. No. All right. So I don't have to look at the worms. <laughs> you don't like worms, huh? Well, I'm not. They're not one of my favorite things. Well, why not? Well, I don't know. Worm, worm, <laughs> I'll give you an answer in a worm few minutes. Poop is one of the best uh, amendments to your soil you could ever get. Well, to the soil, but I just don't want to hold them. Oh. Well, I'd rather hold a worm than a spider. Me too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. That's nice. That's okay. good. We're, yeah. we're together yeah, on we that. Are. Yeah. <laughs> And I should throw out the numbers yeah. one more time, okay, and Charlie. I think we, we might do have to have go some, uh, to one more break. Yeah, we do have some callers. But mm-hmm. uh, in case you want to get in here and ask a question or give us some information, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And we'll get to our next caller after we do this. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning, we are back with Charlie Dobbin and we've got some callers. And uh, Robbie Lane, I just want to say welcome and nice to have you here. Good to be here. Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> when Frank's away, I get to play. Oh, that's true. And yeah. that's, it's fun. Yes. Fun is good. It is. And we have Sylvia. 
calling Excellent. from Guelph. And Sylvia, good morning. Good morning. And morning. You're, you're a first-time caller, aren't you, Sylvia? I am, and well, I love your show. Thank you. Well, you get the little bell because you get your wings. Oh, butterfly wings for Sylvia. You feel better now? Thank you, yes. All right. <laughs> you have an amaryllis that you've got a question about. Yes, I, I bought a red lion amaryllis last year at Christmas time, and it bloomed beautifully. I, it's so gorgeous. Mm. I did a, everything it said. I planted it in the garden outside in the pot, mm-hmm. and it weathered the summer. I brought it in, and um, two beautiful leaves came yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, in the center where the flower should be, two more beautiful leaves came up, and it looks really healthy, but I have no flower. So I'm wondering, have I done something wrong, or what can I do to encourage the flower to bloom? Okay, so you're experiencing what I have experienced almost every year when I've tried to get an amaryllis to re-bloom. It, it, some people can just do it. Like, it's just simple for them. And others, like you and I, struggle. We follow all the instructions, and we get lots of leaves but no flowers. Yeah. So two options. I certainly have had a number of call, calls from callers that have been successful. And just like you, out in the garden all summer, encourage lots of leaf growth, fertilize water, do all those right things, grow a big, fat, juicy plant. But then you force it to go dormant. You have to, by the end of August, stop watering. Uh, just you know, let it dry right out. That means you know, pulling it out of the garden, obviously, because you don't want even rain on it. Uh, sticking it into a dark spot, the leaves will die back. Six Great. weeks later, pulling it out of that dark spot, putting it in the sun and watering it once to wake it up, and it should sprout a flower. I frankly have never, ever been successful <laughs> at getting that flower the second year. My neighbor's been very successful, yeah, so yeah. I just steal his. Excellent. Yeah. It's, I know. Some people are really good at it. Yeah. Now, uh, one other way that people will do it is they don't force the dormancy. They just let that plant grow as a house plant or a, a green tropical all summer, bring it in in the fall, continue to let it grow as a green plant in your house, and... When you least expect it, it will sprout a flower. Probably won't be Christmas time, more like uh, you know February, March. But you oh, okay. will you will get flowers eventually if you don't force it to go dormant at all. Okay. Should I be fertilizing it? Yes. When it's actively growing, you should fertilize it. Okay. Once okay. a month? Or? Yes, once a month at the most. Okay. And be careful not to overwater because that's a big bulb. It doesn't yeah, want to sit. not in... to let the water touch the bulb. So I've been just watering yeah. it when it dries out under, around the edge. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's good because the bulb will just turn into rotten mush if it stays too wet for too long. Yeah. Oh, so sunny spot okay. and uh, and good luck. <laughs> so um, I'll just watch it and hope for a flower. And uh, what do I do at the end of the season? Do you throw it out or try and well? There's you have three op- three options. You're right. Compost it. Give up. Number two, just keep it as a house plant out in the summer, in in the winter. Just keep it growing. And number three, do what you did this time. Force it. You know, out in the summer and then force it into dormancy at the end of the summer and hope okay. for Thank flowers you very next much. year. I appreciate your help. My pleasure. Thanks for your call. Well, thank you, Sylvia. to you all there. Thank you so much, and thank good you. luck with your amaryllis. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. It's actually feeling kind of Christmassy with that snow coming down. It is. It looks like Christmas. We should there. have asked Sylvia. I bet you it's snowing like crazy in Guelph. Yeah, I bet it is, too. It's uh, And where's our next caller? Oh, Bob, Bob Cajun. Cajun. They've got the snow coming still. Yeah, they Maybe. do. <laughs> Elaine, good morning. Elaine is there, I think. Good morning, uh, Elaine. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Uh, uh, before I go on, you mean I actually got to talk to Robbie Lane? Uh-huh. You did. Robbie Lane and the disciples? You're right, Elaine. 
The check well. is in the mail to you right now. That's wonderful. Okay. Two for one today. Yeah. It, it, it actually is. So go easy on me. This is going to be probably lots of information. I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. I would like to know um, about the numbers on the fertilizers and also especially if you get numbers on fertilizers that are specially made or formulated for acid-loving plants, can you use that same fertilizer on regular plants, even though the numbers are the same, is there a difference? Oh, great questions. All right. So it sounds like you want to take some notes, which is fine. I will comment right now because it's a perfect opportunity. Remember, this show is podcast. Yes. So if you miss something, I speak too fast or you don't quite aren't quite clear on some point, then remember, you can always listen to the show again by just going to either um, iTunes or to uh, AM740 website and then you'll see podcasts and then go to the garden show and then you can listen again so i I think my husband john already has that bookmarked like crazy excellent good to hear because you know sometimes you're right you want to get be very clear on the information so okay um, fertilizers you're absolutely right they have three large numbers on the front of the package those are what we call the macronutrients or the nutrients in big quantities okay all of these the nutrients are essential to plant growth but the macronutrients are the ones we all know about right the first one do you know what they are the the three robbie no i'll let you explain you sure yes okay the first one is the one that when we're going to fertilize our lawn it's mm-hmm. typically a high number. Do you yes. remember that? Do you remember any, like 2177 is a lawn fertilizer? Is it? Yeah. Okay, forget okay. it. That's <laughs> the first number letter is N for nitrogen, and nitrogen supports green growth. So oh. green leaves, green stems. Okay. So your first number is N, nitrogen. Okay. Your second number is phosphorus. So P for phosphorus. Phosphorus encourages root growth in young plants. When they're being transplanted, you'll see a transplanter fertilizer has a high middle number. Okay. Phosphorus also encourages flower bud formation. So again, with a flowering plant uh, formula, you'll see uh, something like a 153015 will be a flowering plant fertilizer. Okay. Your third number <clears throat> is, is K. K in Latin is representing potassium. So NPK nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. All right. Potassium feeds, believe it or not, all-around health of a plant. It supports good color in flowers. It supports good flavor in fruits and vegetables, but particularly fruits. It also supports, like, vigor, just all-around health and vigor of a plant. So one of the ways we remember what the three elements are and what they support, so NPK, up, is the N, so the above-ground growth, the green leaves and stems, down for phosphorus, the roots, and all around for the potassium. So up, down, all around covers off your macronutrients. And those, depending on what you're trying to grow, are what your fertilizer will have more of. So when you're, like I say, growing a lawn, lots of nitrogen. Uh, Growing uh, fruits and vegetables and flowers, higher phosphorus number. Now, the question about acid-loving fertilizer is a good one. Right. No, do not use acid-loving fertilizer on any plants other than acid-loving plants. Your acid-loving plants are things like rhododendrons, Azaleas, magnolias, blueberries, hydrangeas. There's a number of them, and they should be listed right on the package. Okay. What makes that different is get out your magnifying glass, read the tiny print, and we get into the micronutrients. Trace quantities of very small, small quantities of very important elements. 
And one of the things you'll see in acid-loving fertilizer is a lot of sulfur. You will not see a lot of sulfur in a regular fertilizer. You will see zinc and molybdenum and magnesium and iron and all kinds of things. But you get into an acid-loving fertilizer, you've got sulfur in there to help drop the pH. Wow. All right. Well, I am taking notes, and and that's exactly what I needed to know because we have – sometimes you have fertilizers left over from the season, and if we have acid-loving fertilizer Mm – then we know don't put it on the regular plants, even though it's left over. That's right. And you can save it. Fertilizer doesn't go bad. Okay. You know, just keep it dry. And before uh, I go, we would like to wish you all there a marvelous Christmas time. And thank you for having this show. Thanks so much and for that's calling. Been very helpful. Thank Excellent. you. Thank Excellent. Thank you. All Merry right. Christmas to you too. And did, did we give a, a jingle to you? No, we didn't. And you were a first time caller, yeah, yeah. Lynn, so, so you're at your wings. Wings to go with the fertilizer. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. You're really good at that, eh? Well, I've been practicing. Your little tentative ring. You don't want to break anybody's <laughs> eardrums, obviously. <laughs> well, speaking of first time callers, we have yes. a first time guest. Yes, we do. And we just I should mention that Adam and Martha are, are holding, and we ask you to hold. We just got a guest that we're going to talk to, and then we'll get to you. We will. They're yeah. absolutely next up first. So who's waiting on the line as well is Kathy Nesbitt. She is the founder of one of the squirmiest businesses out there. <laughs> and I showed you her newsletter. And of course, it starts with, have a wormy Christmas. Yep. So um, Kathy actually grows and sells red worms to support vermicomposting. Now, of course, vermicomposting, she's going to tell us a bit about it, indoor composting. And she's lately into the sprout business. Right. So seed sprouting. Now, that's all about aiding your digestion after a big feasts and after the big, you know, holiday feasts coming. So Kathy being the original conservationist and organic diversion specialist here in the GTA is going to give us a little bit of some tips for how to get through the holidays and gifts for the green people on our list. I'm waiting. Good morning, Kathy. Hello, Charlie and Rob. How are you doing? We're Great. Good. Yeah, I told you Frank would be here, but I've got Robbie Lane instead. Frank's I off know. doing something else. How cool is this? It's my lucky day. I think so. I think it's my lucky day, Kathy. <laughs> uh, Robbie's already said he's a little squeamish about worms. I heard that, but did you know that they have five hearts? Five hearts? Each worm has five hearts. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a pound of worms, which is what you would have in a worm bin, 800 to 1,000 worms in a pound, because they're small, cute worms, five hearts each, four to 5,000 Hearts in a pound of worms. It's a lot of love. It is. It sounds very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Almost huggable. Yeah, Yeah, so Charlie mentioned about the worms and the sprouts. I do have world hunger solved with my business. Worms for amending the soil and sprouts for eating. There you go. You got it all covered, Kathy. She does. I have it all covered. That's yeah. right. There's my wish list right there. <laughs> so. Yeah. So this is that. so the worms are for indoor composting. So mm-hmm. in the winter, people might be thinking, I don't want to schlep outside. So that's great. This is a great option for for you and for anybody that lives in an apartment or a condo or, and you don't have space for outdoor composting yeah. or access to a green bin program. Again, a great solution to look after some of your food scraps and paper in, in a worm bin. Yeah, because you can like literally just tear up your newspaper and just drop it in there and the worms will chew it up. Yeah, that's good. And, of course. I don't have to take it out. Exactly. goes without <laughs> saying. Banana peels, yeah. coffee grounds, eggshells, all that. Worms yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. It's fanta- and, and the beautiful part is, or one of the beautiful things is, although you're putting rotting food in, yeah. it doesn't smell like rotting food. No. 
It's aerobic process, meaning with oxygen, so mm-hmm. it should never smell bad. So you sell not only the worms, but also the indoor composters to support that the process, right? right? Mm-hmm. You also have on your website, I love some of these, worm earrings. I've got the market cornered. I've got seven <laughs> styles of worm earrings. I've got hand-carved wooden worm earrings from Guatemala, supporting a women's group in, yeah. in uh, northern Guatemala. I have stain, uh, sterling silver earrings mm-hmm. for the fancy evenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, <laughs> would never go out without worms. <laughs> That's great. And I have my latest are um, earrings, worm earrings made out of inner tubes, spike inner, inner tubes. Oh, wow. neat. By a 15-year-old girl. Her company is called Eco Girl. Can you imagine 15 years old? And That's she wonderful. came up with she this She diverted 5,000 inner tubes from landfill. What? And where is she based? She's in Stouffville. Oh, good. What, how cool is that? Neat. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us a bit about the sprouters, because not yeah, everybody so knows again, what that is. You know, something wonderful for the winter, well, for year-round. This mm. is my health plan. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, a food-grade plastic dome uh, with a stainless steel mesh. And the beautiful part about the this particular design of sprout grower is that the um, after the when the seed of the bean germinates there's sort of um, it turns the water cloudy mm-hmm. that drops right into the water so you you pour that off and get rid of that so there's no no worry about bacteria growing mm-hmm. or any any hazards so you just keep rinsing your beans the mung beans are the fastest germinating and they uh, germinate overnight in 24 hours the uh, seeds are ready to eat and that's when you eat them. So here's the beautiful yeah, part about the sprouts. Yeah. They're delicious, yeah. first of all. They contain vitamins A to Z. They're hydrating, alkalizing, regenerative, biogenic, fiber, yeah. protein. They're a complete food. They're everything that everyone needs to eat. And I've been using them for 11 years. The gentleman that designed the mm-hmm. system, his name's Tony Hornick. He's 84 now. He's super healthy, ballroom dancer. I and know I met Tony. Him in 2002, when I started my worm business. Well, and was it Tony that I met at the Zoomer show? Yes, it would have been. Yes, yeah, because I, I, so. I picked up one of the sprouters at yeah. the Zoomer show. Yeah, so I was you... talking to Tony. I've known him for years. So did you buy a sprouter? No, I didn't. Well, come it's, on. it's time to get one, Robbie, because um, <laughs> it's never too late to start eating sprouts and being healthy. Yeah. Well, James, and, and, Dooley... you know when I when I met Tony, he t- gave me a pitch about sprouts and um, I said okay well look at he looked super healthy this was okay yeah, he, he does too so I said okay I'm in he said if you're gonna do this start your day with two scoops of sprouted mung beans because it's a digestive enzyme mm. and I, I I'm gonna advocate for hmm. people to eat sprouts for the digestive enzyme because we're not getting them in our food so in the morning you just you just have like a couple of tablespoons or handful of sprouts you just a couple of handfuls of uh, raw uh, mung bean sprouts they're delicious uh, for anyone listening of uh, for all the people listening mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they taste like snow peas no, I know they are delicious, but I just wondered, you just do, you just grab a handful. You don't roll it up in a piece of bread or... I do or nothing. No, I eat them, put them as on they your are. Cereal. Don't cook them. Just no. Don't sugarcoat them. Just no. eat them as they are. And huh. then I also put them in, you know, um, salads, yeah. soups. I put them in my smoothies and my yeah. juices. I put Good them idea. everywhere. Yeah. Even ice cream. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So really? maybe, you know, go, oh, ice cream, <laughs> not so great. Fortified <laughs> with sprouted mung beans. Delicious. <laughs> but, and it's not just mung bean seeds. You can sprout any seeds. You can sprout radish seeds or um, all kinds uh, of well, this alfalfa. Well, designed for the larger seeds. So mung beans, chickpeas, lentils, mm-hmm. adzuki. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and when you germinate seeds, mm-hmm. when you're eating the sprouts, that's when they're most nutritious. Everything's there to grow that little plant into a full-grown plant. Yeah, yeah. all right, right there in the seed. Wow. 
That sounds very healthy, Kathy. It, it's super duper healthy. Well, you can tell by her voice. Yes. I mean, she's 150 she, years old. Yeah, wow. <laughs> sounds great. I know. So I've learned a lot today. I can be romantic with worms and I can be healthy with sprouts. <laughs> Kathy's yeah, so got a cover. Eco-conscious, health-conscious folks on your list, if you're still struggling what to get them, you know, worms or sprouts, we have gift certificates, um, we've got everyone covered. And what's your website, Kathy? It's kathyscomposters.com or kathysprouters.com. Perfect. Kathy with a C. Yeah. No apostrophe S. Just Kathy's Beautiful. Composters or Kathy's Sprouters.com. So excellent information. And I loved your uh, description about the acidic uh, fertilizer. Uh, you know, b- b- can't you just put coffee grounds for your acidic plants? You can, but remember, if you just put coffee around a plant, uh, if, depending on the quality of the soil, the coffee grounds could sit there for a year <laughs> with nothing oh, I happening. See. Right? So it's the combination of things in the well. It's the li- it's the life in the soil that breaks down the coffee beans and coffee grounds. And sometimes people, I in my experience, have very dead, inert soil. Right. So that's why we we have our worms to add life to our soil and break down the organic material to release the nutrients. Nutrients. Ah, so, okay, got it. So it's the combination of the yeah. coffee and the, well, the worm poo. <laughs> well, that's right. And also remember, yeah, f- the thing about synthetic fertilizer, those packages with the numbers, you absolutely know what you're fertilizing. It's very clear. Yeah. It's yes. clearly synthetic, but it's also very you know, sort of scientific, if you will, and measurable. Whereas we put a cup of coffee grounds around our plants, we really don't know what we're doing to the pH or to the actual nutrient value of the soil. So I'm not opposed to the coffee grounds. It's just it's a little harder to really keep on track of what you're doing. Got it, right. Hey, well, listen, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Kathy. Thank you, and I am one of the Emeraldus. successful. Oh, are you? Good. (laughs) Congratulations. And you followed the instructions, I hope? Absolutely. Well, yeah, and it worked for you. I can't it, tell it you how many times. It's a beautiful times. thing. I love it. I've tried. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, and thanks so much for joining us. And I hope Thank everybody you. buys good worms and good compost, vermicomposting, uh, yeah. and sprouters from sprouters, Kathy's. Yeah. That, James um, Julie was wondering what he could buy me for Christmas. Now it's a sprouter, James. There you go. Yeah, thank you so much, Get Kathy. that on the list. All right. Perfect. Um, do we have to take a little break? I think we should. Yes. And uh, poor Adam, he's been on the line for, I don't know, 22 minutes. It'll and be fine. Adam, you just wait right there, and we'll get to you right after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning on this very wintry day here in the GTA and right across Ontario, from what I understand. And it's Charlie Dobbin here with The Garden Show, and we have Adam, who's calling in from Waterloo. And Adam, good morning. Hello. Oh, welcome to the show. This is Adam. Oh, Mrs. Adam. Mrs. Adam. Excellent. My my name is Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. And you're you're a first-time caller? I pipe lesson this morning. Okie doke. So, um, I'm... Um, the question we have is, my husband was late getting some of his outdoor work done, mm-hmm. and one of the items that he um, takes particular care of is his bonsai tree. Mm-hmm. It's a juniper. It's about um, two feet high. It's in a 12-inch pot, and he usually just digs a hole in the garden and mm-hmm. sets it into the soil, and mm-hmm. then he takes it out again in the spring. Right. This year, he didn't get that 
in the ground. Operation done, and he's wondering what he can do with the tree now. Hmm. So where is it sitting now? It's outside, I assume. It's on the patio, which is on the east side of the house. Okay, so that's good. So it's out of the direct wind, and it's also out of direct sun. Um, it still it gets some morning sun there. Hmm. But and uh, he can move it, you know, right to the foundation so that it won't be getting uh, direct wind. Yeah, the challenge with any potted plant sitting above ground is that it is colder above ground than it is, than it is under the ground. Yeah. And the roots tend to freeze and the plants tend to die if they sit above ground unprotected, which is why your husband has always typically buried that plant's pot under the ground because that's the same as planting it, basically, as far as the plant's concerned. The roots are insulated by the surrounding soil. So what do you do now? Well, two options. One is you boil a whole bunch of water and you thaw a spot where you can dig a hole and get that plant underground. Sooner is better than later. Option two is you look at ways to protect that plant Excuse me, from extreme temperature and from wind and from sun. Because bonsais are even more at risk than the average potted plant because they already have a certain amount of stress going on around their roots, which are kept into very, in very small, compact, small pots. They might be you know, fairly wide, but they're typically quite shallow. Mm. Uh, I, you know, leaves, if you've got leaves or bags of leaves kicking around, I would use those around the plant. You may not have such a thing. Bales of straw are amazing for insulating around the plant. Uh, worse comes to worse, burlap, um, wool blankets. It's not that you're trying to keep the plant warm. It's that you're trying to insulate the plant from extreme temperature variations. And that is what is going to help it survive. As we, I mean, last night at my place, or even this morning here in Toronto with the, the wind chill, I think we're talking minus 19, minus yes. 20. Yes. And that's what, that's what kills plants is yep. that kind of extreme cold. We want to keep them closer to zero. We want to keep them dormant, but we don't want them less than kind of minus five if they're in pots. So that would be, unless maybe you have an unheated shed you could put it into. Well, we do have a shed, and um, he thought he would probably put it in there, but he didn't know whether it needed the sunshine or not. No, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, it, it would help. There's no windows in the shed, obviously. Obviously, yes, of course, and if that that suits our situation. Yeah, perfectly. the it's, see, evergreens are green all the time, but they and they theoretically would be absorbing some sunshine. But frankly, when it's cold, all systems are shut down in all plants, whether they're evergreen or deciduous. So, no, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it being in a dark shed. However, as soon as we start getting some nice days, come might be January, might be February, might be March, start opening the door on the shed. Start allowing some of that light in because the plant will start to wake up and it'll be looking for light. And remember to water. Oh, we have to water through the winter? Well, make sure it's well watered right now. And when you put it in the shed, I would suggest your husband, he checks every four weeks, every five weeks, just make sure there's still some, it looks moist. If it's not, then just give it some water. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. Potted plants above ground have their challenges. But leaving it outside is right. You definitely don't want to bring it in. Right. Well, um, you know, it would just be a shame to lose it. Um, uh, my husband's had it for about 10 years. Yeah. And we have no idea how old the tree was when mm-hmm. he bought it. Exactly. Yeah.
Sometimes oh. they're really old. I mean, they're tiny little plants, but they're, you know, 75 years old. Yes, I've seen Unbelievable. Them. Yeah. Well, so I don't know whether this one's that old or not, but mm. it's certainly, you know, I mean, this has uh, been something that uh, he has labored over all yeah. these years. So. Well, and we make them look old, too. Sometimes, yeah, they, they look like they're 75 years old, but they're really only 10. You know, oh, yes. it's that gnarly. It's, it's been shaped. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, all right. So, like I said, the other option is and the, the weather is going to go up a little bit. We are looking at some above zero temperatures later in the week. So that might offer an opportunity to think about, like I said, boil some water, uh, heat up uh, some water enough that you can get down into the ground through the crust. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank Thanks. you ever so much. My and pleasure. Merry Christmas to everyone. And thank, thank you, you to you. And, and you didn't get your little bell No, of you're a first-time caller, Jane, wings. so you need your wings. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> there you go. There we go. There you go. They look very nice on you. Oh, I'm glad. Okay. <laughs> Iridescent. Yeah. Thanks for calling. A neighbor of uh, Jane's, who uh, Jane is from Waterloo, oh, we have yeah. uh, Martha Excellent. calling from Waterloo. And good morning, Martha. How are you doing? Uh, good morning. Morning. I'm happy to be able to reach you. Excellent. Um, I'm calling about, uh, I'm, oh boy, I'm not sure if I can pronounce this, um, spathiphylum. Oh, spathiphylum. What I thought was just generally known as a peace plant, mm-hmm. and I've had wonderful luck with it. Just gorgeous. It's about two years old, and as many as fifteen um, of those white yeah, flowers. Papers. Um, and now it's all just—it's uh, not um, brown. Mm-hmm. It's still green, mm-hmm. but all the leaves which would be at least three feet high when they're standing straight, have just gone all down onto um, the floor. So green, but they've dropped. Yes. Has it been subjected to some big temperature changes, hot or cold? Well, you know, in basically it's, it's in a, bed, a master bedroom which has a front window, four sections, bright sun, um, but obviously colder this time of year mm. but it's gone through a winter before mm-hmm. in that same bedroom exactly i've never moved it oh interesting and i in fact as recent as two weeks ago it had a bloom so why this just plumped down and i don't want to lose it i've just been enjoying it so much i just don't know what to do well, they're fairly hard plants to, to actually kill, trust me. So what? Um, tell me about the watering. How often do you water it? Well, I have not watered it now for, you know, probably two weeks because I, I was kind of suspicious that maybe I was giving it too much. If you felt the soil right now, what do you think it would feel like? Would it be moist at all or dry? No, it's still moist. Oh, hmm. Now, the temperature in that room, like peace lily or spathiphyllum we're talking about, they are a, a pretty easy houseplant. They like the kind of temperatures we like. So nothing less than 55 Fahrenheit and anything between 55 and sort of 75, they're happy. Uh, well, even the tag said 60 to 85. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't happen last year. Now, maybe it didn't get cold as early. Mm, yeah, um, maybe. I know we had a colder November. Now, and the other thing is, yeah, they do typically, they like a fair amount of water. And when they collapse, it's often because they're dry. But like you said, it's collapsed oh. and it's feeling quite moist. So stick your finger in that soil or at least feel the surface of the soil. And if it feels a little bit dry, feel, stick your finger down a bit. Um, okay. It, 
like I say, they well, maybe, do. Maybe what I'm feeling is not so much wet. Maybe I'm just feeling cold. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and maybe even the weight. That's what's fooled me. Yeah, the weight of the pot might help you as well. If it feels quite light, then give it a really thorough watering. Okay. Uh, and, you know, let it sit in a bowl of water for about 10 minutes and okay. then empty that bowl if it hasn't, whatever it hasn't absorbed. And I think you'll find it will stand back up. They're very good that way. They'll just flop down and stand okay. back up. Uh, now, very good indicators. For the winter months, um, I can't recall what I did in the past. What's the fertilizer routine? Not in the winter. No. Remember that we're we're going to assume this that our winter plants, unless they're flowering vigorously, like an orchid or a, an azalea, we do not fertilize them in the winter. We assume that they're slowing down, and we water as required. Wait till spring, March. We start fertilizing once a month, March through to September. Okay. Okay. I much appreciate. Thanks for your call, and, and uh, glad you called for Christmas. Thank you, Martha. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. And we do have uh, someone on the line holding, but mm-hmm. we've got to take a little break first, and yeah. we'll get back with our Mount Albert person in moments. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty. And it's Robbie Lane and Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show. And, Charlie, thank you for allowing me to sit in today. Hey, it's been great. Yeah, I love it. And now we have one more caller, and probably that will be all we can take because we're running out of time. Mm, Funny how that happens. It's Eric from Mount Albert. (laughs) And good morning to you, Eric. Well, good morning. Good morning, Eric. Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I planted some canna lilies in front of the house, and they had a beautiful show this year. Excellent. And uh, I was wondering what I can do or what I should do to winterize them or split the bulbs or what I do. Where are they now? They are in the ground. Uh-huh. It might be too late <laughs> because they are, they are a tropical plant. And uh, the way we winterize them is by allowing frost to knock down the foliage, which happened, which happened back in October. Then yeah. we dig them up. We dry them down, and then we get them into a frost-free location to, for, the, for the winter. Because left in the ground, they will turn to mush when they freeze. Okay, so I can still do that. Can you? Yes, uh, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll have to because the ground <laughs> is kind of not really, really frozen yet. I can still get them out. Okay, so that's, so that's what you're going to do then. Get out a digging fork. Use a fork to loosen the soil if you can get in, if it's not too frozen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, loosen up the soil. Lift the – they're like rhizomes. They're big tuberous things. Lift up as many as you can. Get them into a garage or an unheated situation. Like, don't bring them in the house yet. Just get them Mm -hmm. in undercover. Mm -hmm. Once they warm up a little closer to, you know, the the – temperature within that unheated space, you'll be able to clean some of the dirt off, and you'll be able to find out whether they turn to mush or they are still firm. If they stay firm, then what you'll do is, at that point, that's going to be, you know, two weeks from now, you're going to get a plastic box or a a big bag, a paper bag or a paper box, and peat moss or clean potting soil, something sterile and dry, you're going to bury those tubers into that soil, in that box, and you're going to keep that box dark, so you're going to close yeah. the cover on it, and you're going to keep those frost-free. So now we're going to be above zero, whether it's in your basement or somewhere where they are um, just, you know, above zero, dark, and they'll be fine. They'll just 
cruise right through the next few months, and then you'll pull them out in early March or late March and pot them up and start growing them again to go outside once we're frost-free outside. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks for All your right. call. I still do that before this snowstorm comes. That's right. You Absolutely. get out there right now. Yeah. All right, Eric. Thanks you take for your care. call. Thank you to all the callers. Oh and thank gosh. you, Charlie. The time is going. Where did the day go? And the car guys are look at they're I know, in there. There's just, revving engines. We gotta get are. out of here. <laughs> so thank you, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you, James Patrick Dooley. Thanks for our great callers. See you all again next week. You bet. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.